0: You're listening to Yale Radio, WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Rhys Zimba. Reese, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks for having me. Reese, we're going to talk about your show at Art Cake that's currently running um, in the month of September of 2022. I, I want to talk about the paintings, uh, your approach, a lot of things, but I think we should start with the title, which is called enchanted bullshit um has it makes me smile right away you know it's such a kind of an oxymoron um uh can you tell me a little bit about that because of course it, you know well I, I won't read into it yet but yeah can you tell me a little bit about that uh, I,
1: yes thank you um i think a lot of my work and a lot of my my interest um outside of my paintings and things like that are uh this, this tension between um, the material and, um, you know, uh, a, a ethereal world or, or however put it, it's kind of like, you know, the mind-body problem that a lot of philosophers are interested in and this duality between um, objects and ideas and, uh, you know, um, so I like that title because it kind of had um, a sense of, 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 sort of the abstract, uh, magical, the, um, you know, uh, synthesized, uh, mystical approach and also our real world of trash and garbage and uh, bodily functions. Uh, so um, I actually I worked on a title a, a while ago, uh, just a note in my phone that I saw, that it ch- Enchanted Trash, and it seemed not quite evocative enough. And then I thought of it enchanted bullshit. Um, I was really in particular interested with this show and in, in thinking about this, uh, uh, Wallace Stevens poem, which is called uh large red man reading. And it's about kind of like these, these like, uh, kind of shows this image of, uh, these ghosts coming back to earth because they miss, uh, the inconveniences, the bodily discomforts of our world. And, uh, I was really tempted to use a line from that poem, but it, it, I don't know, it was too much. So I kind of like tried to um, uh, to uh, sort of uh, truncate it or abbreviate it with my my own kind of idea. So that's what it was. And, and also, I just I thought it was kind of funny, and I I I wanted to put um, a lighthearted mood in people's minds when they heard about the show. I I love to that one of the things I love about visual art in our world today is that. It seems to have a lot of room for humor and play, and uh, I want to take advantage of that.
0: I like that. Yeah, it seems that there's isn't enough of that. There is so much room for for humor, um, and that and humor also opens the doors to, of course, you know, very serious subjects. Which, which in a sense, this is right. We're we're talking about nature, but you're also talking about consciousness, our our role in it. Right. This isn't tongue in cheek. This is um, like an exploration that has something to do with how we experience the earth,
1: right? Yeah, that that's really true for me. I I really I really like that idea. I have a friend uh a great artist named Clive Murphy uh and he told me he he thinks of humor in in his work as kind of like a Trojan horse, like a way to sort of like um uh infiltrate people's um minds with with uh more profound ideas, but in a in a really uh Simple way that that uh, is easy to easy to get out a spoonful of honey to take the medicine down, as it were. I like that. So
0: let's let's talk about some of the works. Um, you know, in, in some of these, where it, look, it looks like you're looking from Brooklyn, landscape of New York, um, the Lower Manhattan, perhaps, and and there's two eyes in the sky. You know, these these eyes kind of are are, are both sort of. I mean, it looks like they eyes to me, you know. Um, they both seem like, like this omniscient force, right? But also something funny, almost like graffiti. But it's part of this, this otherworldly tension that you're bringing in, right? Or, or can you tell me a little bit about that? Because it feels like there's a narrative to these. As we're talking about your idea of the title and also the works themselves, um, through humor, you're, you're trying to access something, right? There, there is a narrative here?
1: Yeah, no very much so. Um, you know, I, I I'm really interested in, in painting. I mean this show is, is is largely it's you could narrow it down to saying they're, they're landscapes and still life, you know, it's just kind of like a very um classical way to approach figurative painting. Um but uh there there's very much they're trying to tell uh human stories. There's there's no people in uh any of the images. But uh as I was saying, uh you know, in regards to the, um, that great Wallace Stevens poem, there's kind of this, like, uh, engagement with, with, uh, a spiritual, you know, let me be clear. I mean, I myself, like, I really am, and ever since I was very young, was very skeptical of kind of mystical, um, you know, uh, spiritual, uh, explanations of the world. I've, I've always really, uh, come down very hard on the, the materialist, uh, you know explanations for 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 why things are the way they are in our world, and I, I think that's kind of true for for most people uh historically, you know we've had like these debates about you know uh is this world the real one, or is you know the next one uh, you know the one that counts because it lasts forever and and I, that's never really made a lot of sense to me but but I will tell you with these with these images i'm I'm really trying to kind of like approach that sort of moment of flux that um even the most like you know uh sensible realist would have you know what the poet Coleridge called suspension of disbelief uh that this kind of that strange magical moment of, of doubt and possibility and uh that's sort of where these eyes come into it you know like as if they are they do is kind of like inspired by um You know the sort of visual noise of New York and and graffiti, as you you say there. But um, it's kind of like a a sort of um, a moment of of self-doubt, in a sense, and and possibility. Um, uh, I've always been really skeptical, as I said, about these kind of like you know narratives of of, of people's uh, ghosts and you know uh, spiritual matters, horoscopes and stars and things like that. But I I think like even someone like me has, has like this kind of these brief moments of, of magical thinking or, as it were and, and and I kind of represent that. There are also, there's a real, um, there's a graphic, you know, kind of like uh, compositional aspect of them too where, you know, if you look at this painting of, you know, a skyline of New York City from, from far away, it was, you know, kind of like depth of field and then you have like even a very faint, you know, image that is somehow like recognizable like a cartoon face or something like that, the eye is drawn to it, and I love to use, kind of play around with those sort of focal points and with the um, the natural kind of aspect of perception. There's a thing called pareidolia, which is when you look at, you know, rocks or, you know, s- stars or something like that and see, like, you know, humans or animals. There's some, it's like a really deeply ingrained part of, of human perception where we see uh, things that we recognize, even in, in random patterns and chaos. And, and I found that really interesting. Um, when I, Years ago, when I was doing mostly these paintings in, in my basement, they were like still lifes of um, chairs and buckets, you know, in, in kind of like a, a spare uh, space that's very um, kind of concrete and cold. And, and, and however, um, you know, uh, solid-looking I would make it, so to speak, these buckets and chairs, people would love to look at it and be like, oh, it's like there's a little conversation or, you know, there's just kind of this projection of personality that we put onto objects. And I really sort of chafed at that for a long time. I thought it was sort of sad that people are so stuck, so solipsistic, so stuck in our own, um, you know, human um, perception that, that, we, that we can't step outside of that without, without putting like a human personality on, you know, whatever kind of thing. And then I guess I just kind of – I sort of just when, – when I do these the, the eyeballs and stuff like that, it's it sort of – or a hand, you know, like as if it's like, you know, of some deity or spirit from outer space reaching down, it's it sort of half giving up, uh, giving into that sort of futility of, of our own being trapped in our human way of looking at the world and, and half kind of rebellion against that. It's, it's sort of a paradox and, and a way for me to um, kind of – present both sides is something that i think only both sides will tell the truth i like that that makes
0: sense to me and to talk about perhaps one of the paintings that you were just mentioning that that people read into and, and how you change that that perception there there is one with a, a pair of boots in the corner a very kind of intentional uh still lifes it seems um there's a sheet behind it a pair of boots with what looks like two balls on top and then two bricks and then a bucket yeah. and then a a sheet on the wall that has looks like Latin on it: "Libertas, Quaestor, Tamen." This is a really this is a really odd one. It seems different than what we've been talking about, right? There's, there's something else going on here. We don't know what's going on here. We don't see eyes here, unless I read these these four balls into eyes, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, that's cool.
1: Yeah, so that, that painting is, um, it's, I think it's the earliest one I have in this show, and it's kind of from a transitional period between doing those kind of pure still life into doing this kind of like, you know, um, openly fantastical uh, work that I've been interested in the past, you know, year or so. And, and that painting uh, uh, is actually a, um, it's from a play. There's a famous Bertolt Brecht play called Mother Courage and Her Children. And, um, I guess in like maybe 2020 lockdown I, w- I read that play. I've read a, a lot of more plays than I've seen in my life. I've always enjoyed new drama. breath is like so interesting and fascinating for for many reasons. But um doing that playing and I was like, oh if I was going to direct this play, I would you know make it look like this and that. And um it's 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 really a, a kind of points out how uh, a a play, a stage play is like it's like a series of instructions. You know, it's like an it's an open, open invitation to do something. So that's like a distinctly narrative piece, and I, and I did, you know, a handful of those. I probably for the better part of a year, I was doing paintings like that that were either, um from, from, uh, plays, a lot of Brecht, a lot of, some of, a couple other sources, and, um history paintings, like, from, like, you know, scenes from, like, the, the French Revolution, but, but trying to, you know, um use as my, you know, cast of characters, these objects that I had been, you know, painting in the, in the basement bricks and, uh, buckets. And so it's kind of like a really strange cast of characters. Uh, the, the flag you mentioned, that's actually the flag from a state in Brazil, uh, Minas Gerais, and that means liberty, albeit late. Uh, I've never been to Brazil. Uh, it's just a striking, beautiful flag. Uh, it's sort of like, uh, really, to me, a very interesting, passive aggressive, uh, Latin slogan to have on your flag, but it's also, I think, just very striking visually, and it's kind of like a lot of my work sort of um, both uh, based on kind of just purely visual aspects and also uh, a sort of intuitive, um, open, open-ended approach. Brecht is really interesting, too, because he has this thing called, the um, a big part of his drama was the, uh, my is terrible, but the Der Fremdung effect. Which is translated as the alienation or estrangement effect. The idea being that he he kind of portrayed his characters. This was very revolutionary in like the early 20th century. It was like you know naturalism was the way that, that you know theater was was supposed to work. But he, he kind of made his characters, and he wanted them to be kind of not really fully you know not totally rounded as as far as personality like you would see in like Ibsen drama or whatever, because he wanted people to think about the ideas and the, so, you know, he had a very distinct, uh, in his case, uh, hard left uh, political agenda. And so he's trying to, you know, um, to push into these ideas and, and wanted to uh, specifically, you know, alienate the audience from uh, the, our, the our natural world into like a world of, of spectacle and drama to try and like, you know, facilitate these ideas being meaningful for them. Uh, so I find there's a lot to say about that work. I'm glad you put it. I, I just kind of thought it worked visually with this other work. So in some ways, it's sort of, um, you know, outside of that that thing. You, you mentioned, you know, that it has these, these things, uh, eyeballs. Those are like, you know, uh, racquetball balls. And like I have, I bought some like cue balls uh, that I've put little eyes on. So they're kind of, it's a sort of a transition from these things where I was doing things that, we're distinctly meant to uh, disregard, you know, human personalities and these, you know, things where where I'm uh, doing things that are these ghostly, you know, fantastical. So it's kind of one hand in, one foot in the real world and one foot in the the abstract. And I've kind of jumped over maybe into the latter in my more recent work.
0: It's so interesting to hear about the connection to to, to Brecht. I'd, I'd I'd love to talk a little more more about that. I also read. Mother Courage in the in the pandemic and uh, oh cool a pandemic, oh, a pandemic so kind of book like yeah beautiful book and, and 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 I began reading some of his poetry after that. Um, poetry to think movie? about That's cool. Uh, a Poor so book called Brecht, that. I think. Yeah, it was it was kind of amazing. Um, that one poem I thought of poor BB, I think. But um, uh-huh. but to, but but to hear your his relationship to your work because Brecht is. Um, I don't know if cynical is the right word, but he, he approaches the idea of, of, uh, and I mean, I'm not really sure. I don't know that much about him, but his, his worldview, like you said, there's a, there's a specific hard left line that he's towing. Um, but also, uh, you know, a direct relationship to, to the divine, right? That's, that's his own take on it. And, uh, uh, a kind of, um, cynical take to some reason in, in some way right
1: yeah no i think you're. i mean i never really quite thought about it like that but as you're saying that there's a a poem he wrote where it's like um you know a meeting of like exiled poets and so you know it's all these like you know uh the poets from you know centuries past from you know ancient china and uh a little era who are who are you know wrote things that ran afoul of the authorities and they're all like meeting up so it's like there is a room for like this kind of like truly fantastical thing even in his work which is as as you're saying you know i think cynical works i think that's a good way to, to describe Brecht, who you know and i just want to be clear i'm not an expert i just have read i've read a bunch of his plays and and a handful of the poetry um and i just you know as an artist i just kind of like run with what works or what speaks to me i i, I didn't really uh Explore too much about his life. I know, you know, uh, the basics, and I know there's some really interesting episodes too, where he's. I love to think about him living in, um, in Hollywood, in Santa Monica, in uh, during when he was exiled from Germany before he went back after World War II. Uh, there's just you know just this crazy, peripatetic, really interesting guy. I, I think cynical is, is a good word, and I, I I do sort of appreciate that aspect of his work and, and feel an affinity for it. This kind of um, uh, gallows humor, you know, that he really, I mean, that's that's some of the, the best, like, kind of um, dark comedy, I think, that you'll find on in, in stage, probably.
0: I think you're right. Um, you know, do you mind if I read a short poem from Bertolt Brecht to you that, that, <laughs> that, that may add to this? Um, the, <laughs> the the poem that I was please. talking about, it was called Of Poor B.B., and, and this is how it goes, and it encompasses some of the things we're just saying. This is the poem. I, Bertolt Brecht, come from the black forest my mother carried me into the cities when i was in her belly and the chill of the forest will be in me until my dying day the asphalt city is my home furnished from the outset with every sacramental prerequisite with newspapers and tobacco and brandy distrustful and idle and contented to the end i am friendly to people i put on a top hat because that's what they do i tell myself they are animals with a particular smell and i tell myself What of it? So am I. In the morning, I like to set a woman or two in my empty rocking chairs, and I look at them and I say to them, in me, you have someone whom there is no relying. Towards evening, it's men I gather around about me, and we address our company as gentlemen. They park their feet on my table and say, things are looking up, and I don't ask, when?
1: (laughs) <laughs> that's it i i actually i've heard that before there's a, a record maybe from the 50s that has like a lot of actors reading uh his poems and it actually also features the one i was referring to so i'd heard i'd heard that before and it's such a great you know opening line i i guess i just love his thing stuff because it's so um it's so upfront and basic you know like we're we're used to this kind of like um, and I, and I love all sorts of poetry. I'm, i you can hardly delight me more than to read me a, a Breck poem during this interview personally, mm-hmm. but, uh, there's, it's just so like, uh, bare bones and cynical. Like, I guess, you know, he was trying to do with, with his drama and, and it really became known for it. Um, but yeah, that's such a, that's such a beautiful poem. I love the autobiography too. <laughs> a little like artist bio or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um...
0: Well, um, I'm, I'm excited for the show, and, um, and I want to congratulate you on the show. I want to ask, ask you one more question before we go, which is, what are you reading at the moment?
1: Uh, well, actually, in Germany, I've been reading a, a very strange – and, oh, you know what? It occurs to me, I think there's actually some kind of inspiration in, for Mother Courage. This is a strange coincidence. that I, I, I might have been the first time I heard this book. It's called um, The Adventures of Simplicius Simplicissimus by – uh it's like jan uh hans Jakob Christoffel von grimmelshausen it's a book from the a novel from the 17th century about the 30 years war and it's, it's so strange so i think that actually the character of mother courage actually comes from this book if i'm not mistaken if i remember correctly i haven't got to that part yet but i'm not really even sure if i can even recommend this book it's so strange you know that's often the case when we read you know um pre-modern uh novels they're just it's like i don't know where i stand there's like this kind of weird tragic 30 years war stuff and then it's very uh scatological it's really strange strange book but i always read a lot i've read for this i read um the paul oster new york trilogy absolutely fabulous and herodotus history highly recommend that uh grimmelshausen Simplicius, Simplicius. I'm not sure if I, if I, uh, if I really am into it yet, but um, it's it's a very strange book, and so if nothing else, have, has that going for it.
0: Well, thanks so much for that. That sounds so interesting, Reese. It was a pleasure talking with you. I want to wish you well for this show, and and there's links here so listeners can see the images we're talking about and learn more and, and attend your show. Hopefully, Reese, thanks so much for talking with me today.
1: It was delightful. Thank you so much.
0: You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.